0: I'm a reading and a writin'.
1: This episode of Community Meeting with Adrian, listen as I talk extensively with Austin Benzing about psychedelics, country music, religion, Big Rapids, hunting, a whole lot of shit. Get down with it. Yeah. 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 I don't have too many crazy questions, but I have them. <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> all right it's so weird. yeah. uh yeah this is community meeting with adrian i got austin benzing here um and yeah we're gonna just get into it um, heck yeah what's up man? probably what i want to say first is um i'm gonna apologize to my mom because uh we're probably gonna talk about some stuff. <laughs> <she'd be> like, <laughs> sorry mom <laughs> if you ever hear this uh <laughs> just forgive me you know and it will be good <laughs> yeah yeah because definitely one of the things i wanted to talk to you about are psychedelics mm-hmm. um and the use of them with performing specifically like i don't think i would ever i i know i want to <laughs> do it but i just right now i do not have the guts to jump in like that like yeah
0: it's, yeah it's definitely a uh, intense <laughs> yeah and it's um I think it comes with uh, being, like, comfortable with, like, your bandmates, mm-hmm. and so, like, some of my, I'm not gonna out them out, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, performing with other people who are, like, on that same wavelength, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just a psychedelic experience, honestly, because it's <laughs> mm-hmm. super, super intense, a lot of things are happening, but, yeah. um, uh, it's the the more like uh, you like um, familiarize yourself with like the feeling of like being on psychedelics or like um, being in that realm. It's almost like remember when you first started smoking weed mm-hmm. and you like you got high and you were just like Bleh.
1: just it's get like, get blasted, yeah. yeah.
0: And like, but like the more you did it, like yeah. you were able to like harness mm-hmm. um, that creativity boost that it would give you mm-hmm. and channel that into True, like, yeah. the way you would perform or yeah. like, whatever task you were doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the same thing. Like the first time I tripped, I tried picking up my guitar and it was just like it just couldn't do no. it. <laughs> it was where, so wh- far. Do you remember
1: where you were at and stuff with that? experience that first time and you like tried to do that like what was the situation?
0: So like it was my first time doing acid and I didn't ha- I wasn't doing it with anyone else. It was just okay. by myself. Nice. And like I grew up uh like in a Christian school from kindergarten to eighth grade. So like anything of that nature was so foreign to me. Oh yeah. And like, I mean, I had been smoking weed a little bit, but other than that, like hadn't really done anything of that mind altering. Yeah. You know? Um, And I got it. Uh, my friend gave her gave me her acid strip, and she was like, "Just take a little bit and mm-hmm. wait like forty five minutes and see what's happening." Yeah. So I took like the amount she said. Mm-hmm. Waited like forty five minutes, and I wasn't feeling anything. Yeah, it's like I'm good. The yeah, classic story. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, classic. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> and uh, so I went and I took like a little bit more, and then it was just it's so crazy. I, it was like I think it was a normal acid trip now, but mm-hmm. the first one, yeah. Not having Yeah. And then I didn't have anyone there that was like helping me make sense of what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And then I kinda got really existential. And it was the first time the the way I usually described it was it was like um I got on this thought train and it was like a train mm-hmm. coming down the mountain full blast, brakes are broken, and it's just yeah. and you're just riding out this negative thought train because it was just, like, all downhill. It was just, what's the point of life? Yeah. What am I doing? And just, what is and you can't get off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I didn't know how to get off. And um, I've sensed, like, through meditation and, like, uh, like other mindfulness practices, like, mm-hmm. when you do psychedelics, you become more aware of, like, where your mind is mm-hmm. going. Yeah, and, and you we, can redirect. Yeah, and mm-hmm. redirect it. And um, that I think that ties into, like, the performing side of it where mm-hmm. it's like... <clears throat> You have all like this, you can have all this nervous energy and like, um, just anxiety about going on stage. But if like, at least for me, when I've been with my bandmates and like a few of us are tripping, I always feel like really confident Mm -hmm. and, um, you can redirect that anxiety Mm -hmm. and everything into into, like a confidence that will come out through your playing and stuff. Gotcha. And I like, there is definitely a trade-off. Mm-hmm. So like when you're sober and you're performing you definitely have more exact facilities mm-hmm. and you have like a better um ability to like think ahead of where you're at yeah um but when you're tripping sometimes things <laughs> will happen that just like we've written some songs while we were tripping like and they're some of my favorites to play yeah and it just helps you it, like it breaks that barrier down between thought and realization, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: or actualization, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where it's like sometimes uh, if you have an idea, it has to like go through some stuff before you can get it out. Yeah. And the, all of that's whatever all those block. filters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Can
1: take it away from the rawness and just the ah uh, being there and in that moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's like that gets thinner. Or gets opened up Mm -hmm. because like you could you feel something at least for me it's a lot about a lot by feeling where it's like it feels like it should be up here Mm -hmm. or like over here this note feels like it should be there um it just helps make that feeling almost immediate where it's like you're just here and it feels like it heightens like my awareness of like my fingers and it like just it's my favorite stimulant mm-hmm like because like, you just take even like a little sliver of acid you'll be up for like ever
1: yeah and, and it just
0: gets you going
1: mm-hmm
0: and if it and like i get i can get hooked on the caffeine pretty easily <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just easy to get sucked into like yeah. sucking down coffee all day you know? <laughs> <Or> <laughs> As we just, have or a drink. You, yeah uh, <laughs> take a little sip
1: here <laughs> but yeah um But yeah you can just take a little bit of that and then be be Mm -hmm. gone you know set for quite some time what's what's a memorable story you have about uh, of that trip
0: oh man so over the summer is when i really started like tripping and performing Mm -hmm. and it was because it was in a pretty safe environment like Mm -hmm. it was like during COVID time so there wasn't a lot of people Mm -hmm. it was at this guy's house who just, like he let us camp there yeah. he had everything we needed so like we didn't have to go home mm-hmm. and um there were we were doing a grateful dead set and there's <laughs> two really memorable moments from that one was um there was this huge spotlight like like on the whole band you know and like it kind of started messing with me and it was like I was looking at it and playing but it felt like it was almost like trying to like push me down mm-hmm. or like it was so intense that it was felt like i was fighting the light yeah and so i had there's a moment where i was like it was really bothering me and then like i decided to lean into it Mm-hmm. and then i was just like i started to fight the light yeah. a little bit like stand up to it, <laughs> and i felt like a, it was like that confident like it just when you were trying to lean into it it like posture that you hold yourself in can influence like your mindset uh-huh. and like it just felt like a more confident posture mm-hmm. so like i started like mm-hmm. you know like stiffening, really like, good getting... yeah yeah and I was like all right yeah let's cool. go <laughs> and then like um because like, i get pretty competitive and i wasn't about to lo- let that light win <laughs> like, yeah yeah uh, <laughs> but the other one was um this one's kind of long-winded too and i think i was talking about this the other night but like mm-hmm. um you can i don't know if you've seen it but like there's these that video where they like um, send a frequency through the speaker, and on the speaker there's like this uh, piece of paper, uh, just something flat, and they put like this medium on there, and when it vibrates, the medium turns into like a geometric shape, mm-hmm. like a mandala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like um, when you're performing, like you're creating those vibrations, and those things are there, mm-hmm. even though you're not we measuring, don't see it yeah. visually,
1: but mm-hmm.
0: it's yeah. created. Yeah, totally. And I felt like um, when I was tripping, there was a moment in one of the songs where I felt like I could feel the connection points of those mandalas mm-hmm. just based on the vibrations that they, like, they were creating, you know, and it was super, and I had to hold my body in a certain way and it was just like lining myself up with what was happening and I don't know. So, it can, like, performing on psychedelics definitely influences your perception of... Uh, your relationship to other sounds, I think, mm-hmm. I feel like um, it makes you like sensitive to those things more, and so then you can like put yourself in relation to them better. Mm-hmm. Especially if everyone's on that like that wavelength, you know, yeah.
1: Like everyone can really like, mm-hmm. go in there and be open. Open, and I think one thing that um, psychedelics does that I have a difficulty doing otherwise is being present so being really in that moment mm-hmm. experiencing everything around you taking it in
0: mm-hmm.
1: i feel like my breathing like slows up and you're just really i don't know really even if you're uncomfortable you're still relaxed in a way i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense but um
0: yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like it definitely does that for me too where like um like it almost gives me like a not a false sense of confidence but like Mm -hmm. a heightened sense of it you know Mm -hmm. and um the uh oh what was i gonna say lost it that's another thing that'll happen sometimes (laughs) like if you're like tripping on stage you can hear it in the grateful dead music Mm -hmm. or like other bands like where if they were tripping where like sometimes there'll be a moment where either the whole band or just like one person will just be like it would be like someone just like shook them. Uh huh. And then like s- something else totally new will start coming up out of it. Oh, so where like, like they'll could...
1: totally go in a different direction? Yeah. Or, it's almost yeah.
0: like a, you get, you like almost forget where you were for a second. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, a, it's like you like skip. Mm-hmm, like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and oh, you've got to get back. Because, mm-hmm. like I
1: mean, yeah, you can really get detor- deter uh What is that? detoured or like derailed yeah that's what derailed detoured (laughs) uh when you're on psychedelics i have a um pretty good story about that so i can't remember if i told you this story before but um sometimes when i do psychedelics i'm intentional about why i'm doing it or i will have something in my mind like i realize this is something i probably want to think about that's on my head i'm gonna take psychedelics i'll probably be confronted with what's on my mind in some kind of way and then i'll come out on the other end feeling a little better about it Mm -hmm. so i'm starting to realize like yeah i have a have anxiety like this is something i deal with and i'm starting to be more conscious of it but still not really comfortable with the idea of it it's just like uh, i know it's a thing it bothers me a lot that i have it but at least i know that it's something and i sometimes i can talk myself out of it or or or, yeah just uh, just um noting that that it's there and what it is is helpful Mm -hmm. so i'm like all right one of my friends um christy bought me tickets to electric forest and i'm like all right i'm already gonna have anxiety in this place just in general because it's so many fucking people yeah and (laughs) i just don't like being around a bunch of people like that, like, I'm just gonna be on 10, just like, oh, what the fuck, you know? Oh. Um, and I don't trust motherfuckers, so <laughs> I'm like, all right, <laughs> a lot of motherfuckers, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. especially at Forest, so yeah, get
0: that many people together, there's bound to be some, mm-hmm. some
1: motherfuckers <laughs> just doing some, yeah, out of line stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be placed into this situation that I already know my anxiety is gonna be heightened. Um, it's a place where people do psychedelics and stuff like that pretty mm-hmm. openly. So um, I was kinda toying with like, should I even do anything there? Like it might make me like I don't know. But I was yeah. like, you know what? No, I'm gonna intentionally like know that I have this issue, know that I have anxiety, gonna put myself into the fire, take psychedelics. I know I'll probably have to some way confront this anxiety and a really real way mm-hmm. and come out on the other end better for it so so I'm like all right uh my friend gave me some acid um and then we're just kind of walking around you know i still got it in my tongue but at, so, at some point like i said something like spit it all out and i was on i was like fuck damn i'm probably not even going to experience this shit at all and then later on i'm um you know just going about watching some band perform and i'm like oh no i'm here <laughs> and mm-hmm. the person who was kind of guiding me along you know knew i was tripping and was like okay make sure you're having a good time um she had this kind of hula hoop thing that had um that would change colors and stuff and at this point it's like pretty dark everywhere. So mm-hmm. she's just glowing red with this hula hoop and just looking really vibrant. And she also has alopecia so her um head is bald and she just looks marvelous. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Um and so she's kinda guiding me along and I keep getting kinda distracted by things and I would be like brought back by the hula hoop light. Mm-hmm. Um so then we're trying to leave an area, and there's just this kind of big crowd, and I'm looking at it, and it's waving and massive, and just a bunch of bodies, and it's very inviting, the energy there, but it's mm. also scary. It's also making my anxiety heighten. But I'm like, man, I I kind of want to be in there. And she's mm. kind of looking at me, and probably can tell like I'm thinking about it. And she's like, do you want to go? Like you don't have to, but da da da. And I was just kind of like, no, I'm all right. Like let's not. And then they start going somewhere else, and then i'm following for a little bit and then i just disappear like a lot of them <laughs> a lot of them are like like we don't know we turned around and you were gone but basically i saw that crowd and i was like nope i gotta go so i just nice. like dash in that motherfucker and i just jumping around with all these people and just moving and swaying and i feel like our energies are just mm-hmm. all together um totally and yeah it That's just had me man yeah that was that was cool but during that trip, I did really get pushed into the anxiety because I got lost at a point. And that's something that heightens my anxiety is getting lost. So, yeah, I'm like walking around trying to find my way back to camp. And I swear, I'm just hitting circles. Like, if someone was looking at me, they probably be like, This dude's been hitting circles around this same area. But I'm like, I'm trying to look for signs and shit. And I was like, Oh, I, I saw that a few seconds ago. Like, why am I back here again? And uh, yeah, but I was able to like finally get my path back got back to my tent and then i just like yes i didn't die like Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i don't have to be that scared like i'm most likely i'm gonna survive Mm whatever is giving me anxiety so yeah 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 Yeah.
0: and then knowing that like you went head first into that in the first place you can think back to that to that time where like Mm -hmm. not only did you like overcome like that anxiety from preventing you from like going and experiencing something you wanted, you did it in a like super elevated, heightened sense mm-hmm. of like oh, a yeah heightened level of awareness, you know. mm mm-hmm. So like if you can do it in that realm, even if like you're just like throughout your normal everyday like life yeah. Happenings, you know, like you know you like have it within you to like push through that, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that's really cool, man.
1: Definitely. I've kind of I kinda of had um Experience of like the opposite of of pushing myself into a position of I used to rely heavily on like getting high before performing to like help with my freestyles. I Like I have it in my brain, like for me to freestyle good, I got to be high. Like for a Mm -hmm. while I was just like really had that in my brain. So like I'd always I feel like um, if I wasn't high and I was freestyling, I probably just was so. Anxious about that and thinking that I couldn't do it good if I wasn't mm-hmm. high mm-hmm. um that I wasn't doing it well, yeah. so I remember one time and I think we all wait, I'm sorry, no you you i was that was the u e so you didn't perform with us that night, but all of us were kind of in that same mindset, like we're not gonna get high um at, for the show i not we didn't even talk about it before, but we were all like, oh, we're just gonna go oh. um and but for me, it was intentional as me being like, no, I can still perform well without being high and da, 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 it's not that that's doing it i'm mm-hmm. doing it <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. so yeah and that was one of my favorite shows i was like oh yeah and and just a big confidence boost like mm-hmm. i had all this anxiety about not having some other substance in me to make me more comfortable you know what i mean and i was like no i can do this i'm you know good enough to yeah push through that totally
0: really. yeah it's almost like um when you use like a substance to like, it's just like a different flavor or style of like you doing, whatever that like freestyling in this mm-hmm. example, you know, we're like, yeah, like when you're sober, like you can you'll do it a certain way, but mm-hmm. then like whatever, you know, we insert substance, you yeah, know? whatever, you know, like yeah, definitely give you a different flavor, mm-hmm. but overall, like if it's like a performance and like there's a uh, people who have like spent money on stuff and like are expecting something it's you either should be able to really handle your substances Mm -hmm. or just not do them at all because yeah when you have like responsibility and pressure that can it can definitely help like yeah help you under underperform or Mm -hmm. something yeah really
1: throw you out that's why i'm like so like because i'm a professional at the weed like i can do that perform great like mm-hmm. it's easy i get comfortable um but that's why i'm like hmm i don't know about the acid That i <laughs> when totally freak out on stage we're like yeah i gotta leave <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i gotta get out of here it's too
0: much <laughs> yeah it's definitely something you should try like small first
1: yeah i know we were talking about that like starting small and also just being in a very comfortable environment like all right mm-hmm. let's do a house show where it's just my closest people and Mm -hmm. if i totally fuck up they don't care (laughs) they've heard me before whatever Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um damn so do you have a preference to like acid shrooms or is there any difference in what you feel taking the different ones
0: yeah when i uh if i'm gonna perform i'd much rather like dose on acid Mm mm-hmm um, when I take mushrooms, they make me not want to play. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're, yeah, you're just, just not in that type of
1: not in that type of mood to mm-hmm. to play.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. But I think it might have just been like a the dosage thing. Cause mm-hmm. If you were to eat like just like a small cap, I'm sure that'd be enough just to like
1: stimulate you.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Because at least for me, if I do a lot, like if I eat a ser- significant amount of mushrooms, like pulls me to the earth <laughs> I like, mm-hmm. just want to like melt
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun though but yeah um, yeah LSC is just my favorite stimulant mm-hmm. like I'd, I'd use it to replace Red Bull if I could <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know like I'd have to look into this more but I think um, psychedelics um, attach to the same receptors in your brain mm-hmm. as um, SSRIs which mm-hmm. are like antidepressants, mm-hmm. and I feel like um, just uh, creative types in general can like struggle with like those depressive yeah. like, bouts, you know? Definitely. Um, and I feel like if I just like eat like a mushroom cap or something, mm-hmm. my entire outlook on life just becomes like Better. elevated. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm sure like a lot of people have had this, but like, you get in some like states where it's just like. Man, everything looks so like like gloomy and mm-hmm. bleak, yeah, and it's like you can even though like I know like life is a it's a beautiful experience, mm-hmm. and like overall it's like insane, like mm-hmm. compared to like people who have lived before me and other people who are living like on the earth right now, like mm-hmm. my existence is yeah so yeah you're good. <laughs> very privileged and exactly yeah
1: yeah yeah and and sometimes but you just have that feeling of like you can even acknowledge and be like you know my life isn't that bad but something's off something's making me mm-hmm. feel like yeah i don't know not mm-hmm. that great
0: <laughs> yeah and, and um and i don't and i think um just like microdosing on mushrooms and stuff that like mm-hmm. i think they could help a lot of people out I know and, that
1: they're getting into that stuff right, and getting into studying that more, and what effects that could have, yeah, yeah did, did they did they
0: legalize it somewhere? I think it's decriminalized, decriminalized. in Arbor, oh okay, yeah, I'm not for certain,
1: mhm-, but yeah, I mean, we're probably moving in that direction too, you know, people open up more and allow people to do the research and mm-hmm. see how this stuff can benefit us, I mean.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to uh see how long they let that research go on. Mm-hmm. Or at least in a public setting. Right. For whatever reason the uh the Orwell fan in me is like I feel like if people start like using uh psychedelics like more people then mm-hmm. like more people would probably come to a lot of the same natural conclusions that like people who have done psychedelics mm-hmm. like do. Like being, or at least for me personally, it's like um, I don't know. It's hard to articulate without sounding too hippy dippy or tinfoily, mm-hmm. tinfoil yeah. hat, whatever. <laughs> but it's like um, once people start realizing that like they they have like um, the power to like influence their world mm-hmm. and like the outcome of their life, mm-hmm. I think it'll change the the way people behave, and that might be the change that it makes might not be something that the powers that be are too uh thrilled about
1: right right
0: or maybe if everyone started moving in a direction without the influence of like the powers that be Mm -hmm. we could influence them right to do what we want because ultimately like you know you know power to the people we all have the power if Mm -hmm. we decide to yeah if we can
1: not be at each other's neck all the time to move in a common direction yeah, yeah. goals actual goals
0: yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and like it seems that i think when you do psychedelics it kind of uh tears down like what is important and what isn't and like mm-hmm. what actually matters yeah at least for me it, it happens like it helps me prioritize things in my life that i should be using like emotional energy or just like Mm -hmm. mental space towards yeah but yeah
1: i i I totally agree with that i think it um i think one thing i feel like it does for me like I, i talked about that that being present um and i think of part of being present is just knowing like existing is is the blessing existing is what life is I'm here, Mm -hmm. I'm alive, I'm breathing, I have my people that I'm connected with, everything's fine. Um, And I think when you just get to that kind of core, um, those core thoughts and things, I don't know, I think it just makes people happier. I think when people are happier, we're able to be a better community, Mm -hmm. be a better neighbor, all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, try not to stress over dumb shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's everywhere right yeah it's right. it's all um so you um very I don't know how what you would consider yourself now like are you still religious spiritual what do you consider
0: yourself in that realm that's a good question um I think it's um it's definitely um Something I think about a lot, like um, someone had asked me the question recently, like how do you? So I got for people who wouldn't know, um, I was really heavily involved with the church for a while, and I, like I said earlier, that like I grew up in the church, you know, mm-hmm. but um, when when I went, like I stopped going. It was a Lutheran church, really legalistic, like, all these things, um, and then. I kind of, like, after my first acid trip, I'd gotten pretty existential. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing? Like, why? All those, like, Yeah those <laughs> questions
1: Life-pressing that, questions. Like. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, the the question of time mm-hmm. that, you know, there's a million answers for, but who knows, like, what the um, actual one is or whatever.
1: All right, and what is that for you? You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I guess the answer for that would be, if you... Like the if you look to like nature and the relationship um all those uh different aspects of nature play and stuff mm-hmm. so like for example, if you were to take like a forest and there's like a river through the forest mm-hmm. um, the the river that isn't there for the sake of like being a river mm-hmm. the river's there to house the fish mm-hmm. and it houses the fish and the fish give the bears something to eat mm-hmm. and there's like the bears eat the berries too mm-hmm. and like <laughs> as gross as it might sound like the bears will like defecate and then like mm-hmm. the seeds from those berries will plant yeah. up somewhere else so like mm-hmm. in the, this so the whole the,
1: yeah. cycle and process
0: yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like um recognizing like what's going on or right back to the What that is for me, I think it's like um, recognizing in yourself like what you can bring to uh, just those around you, you know. Mm -hmm. So like for me, uh, personally, I believe it's like I have uh, this—I have the ability to create music, and for a lot of people, that can be really helpful for them. Mm -hmm. And the people that usually it's the most helpful for tend to gather at music festivals, you know. Yeah, (laughs) they like like to be around
1: music. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I think one, at least for me, one. I think one reason people get so drawn to music is because it like brings, uh, for a moment in time, things seem to be make sense. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, there's people all over the world that like, everyone's just kind of like wakes up and shows up on Earth one day. Yeah. And they're like, "What the fuck is this? What is that?" Mm-hmm. And it's like. It's really hard to make heads or tails to, of anything, right, you trying
1: know? trying to get, gain an understanding, gain some footing on what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah.
0: And like, uh, but when you hear music, it kind of makes everything make sense for a little bit. hmm Yeah. Because all, like, I don't know. But, um, so like, that's like my overall arching belief is like that you, th- you should uh, recognize like where your role is like around you mm-hmm. and bring out, what you can write uh what you can uh bring to just like the community or like mm-hmm. the table or whatever yeah Co- kinda of, kind of like what
1: you know whatever you believe in, but you understand it's like what's your god given thing that you do mm-hmm. that also makes you happy that you can provide
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, that would be useful mm-hmm.
0: um and sometimes like i get uh I've gotten. Uh, this is something that I learned when I was on that discipleship program through the church mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's like, mm-hmm. um, mu- like for me personally, like, I, um, music isn't the end-all be-all for me. Mm-hmm. That's just the the key that's going to open doors for me mm-hmm. to, to do come that. into contact with people who I can help, mm-hmm. whether that's through the music or just by like talking to them. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah. you never really know like what someone's going through or something. Mm-hmm could be anything even if they like don't show it they could be like smiling all happy mm-hmm. you know and uh just being a present and aware and like knowing like if i see something i could say it mm-hmm. and maybe if i saw something about this person and said that to them it could totally change a lot of things yeah that they perceive about themselves or the world or something but yeah i digest back to like um the like what what i consider myself now after being in the church for a while and then uh coming out and then just like doing a bunch of psychedelics (laughs) (laughs) um it's uh i get really contemplative when i'm like tripping out and stuff uh and if you like read People, like, uh, criticize the Bible on being, like, really brutal mm-hmm. and, like, intense or, like, that it doesn't make sense why someone would say, like, a loving God would, like, kill a bunch of people, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, if I were to, like, try and put myself uh, in the mindset of someone back in, like, 2,000 years ago or something, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> it was a totally different... Place you know mm-hmm. like the the common uh, civilities that you have between people like back then right you you could just like get knifed yeah no one would know no one would yeah. care nothing would happen mm-hmm. and like the stakes seemed so much higher back mm-hmm. then and people like like I don't these are just thoughts that I've had but like if you think about like the way people can get like, he can be nasty, man, mm-hmm. and
1: and that's what all the things we do have in place mm-hmm. still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people can. Yeah,
0: yeah. Even today, people can just get insane. But like back, th- um, back then, the uh, for the con- regardless of like the overall arching meaning of like um, absolute truth. Mm -hmm. the overarching themes in the bible are so wise Mm -hmm. because even though like the civilization or like the the manners or the politeness of Mm -hmm. people might have been different back then Mm -hmm. and even back then there was like definitely like social norms and like ways you would respect people but Mm -hmm. um i don't think it was necessarily as common Mm -hmm. but um the observations that are made in the Bible it just seems so wise because because even though stuff might have been like way more intense back then, mm-hmm. people had less things distracting them and less things pulling them away from being able to sit and think
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a lot of the observations are just timeless like um, like the big one, like do unto others as mm-hmm. you'd want done to you, and like that's really good advice but mm-hmm um man i've just had like tangents going everywhere um want to follow this one for a second (laughs) to the point of love your neighbor as you would love yourself Mm -hmm. i don't think a lot of people love themselves very well Mm. because um a lot of people know what's good for them Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but they won't do it right
1: right we don't yeah i was talking about that earlier just like Mm -hmm. I know I feel good when I go outside and I take a walk. Sometimes yeah. I can't, I don't go outside and take a walk. Mm-hmm. Even though I know, like, this is probably going to make my mood better for the day.
0: Yeah. It, it's and weird. It, yeah. And it's like, well, I don't know really necessarily what that is, like, um, or like why people don't do that, but like, mm-hmm. valuing yourself to take care of yourself is, mm-hmm. is it, like, sometimes I see, posts online about self-love being Mm -hmm. like binging Netflix and stuff and like maybe Mm -hmm. but like I feel like a lot of times self-love is like doing the things that might not be the most fun right away Mm -hmm. but you know that like it would improve your overall Mm -hmm. everything yeah like um I try to like I think of it as like um uh like a parent figure Mm -hmm. with their kid and it's like their kid wants ice cream for breakfast, mm-hmm. but the parent knows, yeah, no, no, that's, that's not, bad. Not the way. <laughs> and the kid's devastated. Mm-hmm. They're crying. They're crushed. They like feel like no one loves them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know that if they had ice cream every morning, it would be Pretty terrible detrimental. for them. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> that doesn't make, just because there's a moment of like pain for the child, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's bad for them mm-hmm. and a lot of i feel like myself included there's like these things that i should do where it like might be like a quote, little unquote, bit of pain. painful yeah but it's like it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. to be uncomfortable in that way you know
1: yeah yeah i think i think that's a lot of it too is just putting yourself in a position that feels uncomfortable mm-hmm. like i know i should organize way more like just like schedule what i need to be doing and it's just so painful to do <laughs> that. that but i know it would just make life a lot better if i did it but it's just like mm-hmm.
0: nah. <laughs> yeah
1: it's so weird right oh man
0: let me know when you figure it out <laughs> yeah
1: for real but yeah that's yeah i grew up I, I feel like we you know i grew up pretty religious um i grew up as a muslim and like my family is very devout so on my mom's side so i grew up um praying five times a day like my grandma would like wake us up early to make that first morning prayer that's like sometimes like 6 a.m wake up kind of wash your your face wash your body um and hit the floor and um i grew up like that grew up you know really 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 believing everything that i read in the quran and um just just really being into it and I, and I I never was the type of um religious person who was like pushing on other people or the, all that stuff but i was way into it and i also you know but also all that time that i was really into it there's always things i would read that like, mm, mm-hmm. like mm, i don't know you know what i mean like things that even as a kid didn't feel right to me but i was like it's it's not that, it's me, I don't understand it yet, or, you know, that type of um, take on it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, religion has always played an important role, and even though, you know, I feel like I've been able to be away from it enough to not, like, I feel like sometimes when you get into something, and, then you you know, as you go on your journey of life, find out, like, okay, maybe that wasn't for me, sometimes we put, like, a really bad feeling on it, to stamp like no that's not me anymore Mm -hmm. i think i've been removed enough from religion to note like oh i took away some really great things from being raised in a religious way totally um and like you talk about like those common over kind of overarching things that are like okay treat others as you should be treated as you would like to be treated Mm -hmm. you know um and just um You know, being raised by some amazing religious people who actually, like, took on most of those um, qualities that they were reading, the good qualities that you find in those books, and really lived that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Totally. And I think, wow, I think I'm realizing this right now. Um, I think what really, um, what turned me off to a lot of, um, like, religion is realizing like okay, I was raised by these people who are amazing at it, like my grandma, my uncle, my aunt, at really taking that stuff on. And so I thought like okay, that's how people who follow this, this is how they are. Um, and then you get into these spaces, and you realize like oh no, there's a lot of hypocr- hypocrisy. There's a lot of people taking advantage. There's a lot of people doing this and that, and not really following. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that took me to a point where like I can't like if I'm want to be in a space that's supposed to be this I I kind of wanted to be that mm-hmm. um and seeing all that was like oh so maybe I don't need exactly what they're saying I need to be a good person maybe I can be a good person yeah you know yeah. what I mean and mm-hmm. then I think I kind of slowly got to points where I'm like okay For my life, this stuff doesn't seem like that's necessary for me to be a good person. Like That's not going to make me a bad person and start it to define, like, okay, what is this for me? But still, Mm -hmm. those core qualities, like, that's there, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah, sometimes it takes some stepping away, though, to to really realize, okay, these are the good things I got from this situation, even though maybe it was a a hard thing for you, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm a Hard experience, but like, okay, now I'm removed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's look at it objectively.
0: Yeah, you know? totally. I've always, uh, recently I read something where, um, it's an acronym for God. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just if you don't, for people, if it makes them like uncomfortable, like say God or something, mm-hmm. think of it as good orderly direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, absolutely, because, like, you know. Like, um you I guarantee you, if you do read the Bible, mm-hmm. you won't be worse for right. having done it right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like regardless like and like I've read it cover to cover, mm-hmm. like, um, when I was on that program, I read five chapters a day and like read the whole Bible in like mm-hmm. nine months, you know, and uh, there's some weird stuff in there, man. And there's some insane stuff like yeah. some of the visions people would have and like mm-hmm. some of the descriptions of like like these experiences people are having. Mm-hmm. Some people would, like there there's a there's a idea I've been toying around with that um the tree of knowledge of good and evil from the Adam and Eve creation story. Mm-hmm. Um I think I mean to me it would seem as almost as if the uh tree of knowledge of good and evil was a psychedelic
1: experience like
0: yeah because it said like after they ate it they uh saw that they were naked right Mm -hmm. and it's like when you take a psychedelic you get this hyper awareness Mm -hmm. and then like maybe before psychedelics we weren't looking in so much because we were just a part of nature Mm -hmm. and like just really like
1: you're like hey i just i exist i'm existing i'm not really Mm. thinking about all that (laughs) yeah
0: you're just doing what naturally Mm -hmm. you would do right just Mm -hmm. like like a dog which is or a wolf which is like like a
1: motherfucking atom just
0: yeah just doing its thing yeah and then like when you become self-aware and like Mm self-conscious you start to like oh am i doing this right or Mm -hmm. like and like that happens like when we're performing sometimes like you'll be doing great Mm -hmm. you'll be just crushing it and then like you'll start to think about what you're doing Mm -hmm. too much yeah and you're like and then you start like missing things Mm -hmm. and like and it's like no get back to yeah draw all that attention from going in to Mm -hmm. like existing like in the moment you know yes and um i always thought that that was an interesting thought who knows if anyone could ever prove it but like uh I mean yeah. it's a, it's an idea. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that's I think that's I mean I and I think that's another thing that I um think, you know, if someone is religious and they're and they go going that route. I think that's what it's for is some of those stories, like you take it and and adapt it to how you want to live your life, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and what um do you get out of those stories? What how does it make sense for you? So yeah, hell mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a pretty uh, valid take <laughs> yeah yeah for sure
0: oh and i had one more thought i was going to say like talk like you were talking about like the hypocrisy that you saw and everything mm-hmm. um and like that definitely turns a lot of people off and everything mm-hmm. but i think there's like some things to like at least that i try to like hold in contention with like when i see that stuff mm-hmm. like if i see someone being hypocritical or something like because we all are yeah and like we all have our blind spots but it doesn't negate like the strengths of people you know oh yeah definitely. and like understanding like this is something that i've been working on uh after like having left the church mm-hmm. because i started to see a lot of that like a lot of that hypocrisy and there's like there was almost like a feedback loop there mm-hmm. like you'd show up and everyone would say the same thing mm-hmm. and it all anyway
1: you just get really getting yeah, yeah. you just get start getting really indoctrinated this, into a way of mm-hmm.
0: yeah mm-hmm. but um coming out of that, realizing that, like, everyone, everyone's working through something, and someone's just based on who they are and their DNA and stuff, they're gonna be super good at one thing, and, like, there's just gonna be other things that you're not good at because we're imperfect, right? Right. Um, but, like, I think that's where, like, the under- the concept of grace comes in, mm-hmm. and, like, learning how to have grace for people and yourself, really. Yes. Um, and then, uh, like all that hypocrisy can like almost like you could it could for a lot of people i feel like it devalues like everything that you could benefit from from at least practicing it for a little bit yeah whatever it like that religion might be Mm -hmm. um because just because there's um just because there's like counterfeit 100 hundred dollar bills out there right doesn't mean it devalues the actual value of a hundred dollar bill you know yeah right so it's i don't know thoughts and things i've had on stuff <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i've
1: um i'm i'm i feel like i'm a lot more conscious about being um gracious um especially with myself though. Fuck <laughs> like everybody else not just, like. but <laughs> but no um yeah being really i think that's so important being gracious with yourself and like hey just trying to figure it out like everybody else like, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well um let's talk about your upbringing you're from big rapids right yeah so what was that experience is like like what what's big rapids like as a kid like growing up there what are you getting into i know you're probably doing some wild
0: <laughs> shit oh yeah <laughs> at least i mean i think there's a lot of people that grew up in big rapids that would have a similar experience to me but it was like uh um i i grew up like kind of on the Muskegon River. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't... Like, when I was coming up and, like, becoming a teenager and stuff, it was right when, like, high-speed internet was starting to be a thing. But it was only for people in, like, town. And I lived, like...
1: Yeah. Way outside of town.
0: (laughs) And uh, my family was really big into the outdoors and hunting and stuff. So, like, I... I would. I would. uh, I grew up hunting all the time. That's actually where I learned to play guitar. Is Mm that? Well, I took lessons, but the the guy who taught me my first couple songs that I like really took to playing and like Mm -hmm. practicing. You know, was a gentleman named Jim Cook. He was my grandfather's uh, best friend, Mm -hmm. and like we would go up to deer camp for just days on end. No electricity. There's an outhouse. You just be there for like a week, and you're (laughs) just chilling in the woods going hunting during the morning and at night and then hang out all afternoon play the guitar sit around the fire do whatever and then head back out in the woods and uh so i spent a lot of time alone Mm -hmm. which i feel as though helped uh the way i feel like that like that helped me is like it um it gave me the opportunity to like have to confront myself yeah and being okay with like being alone and mm-hmm. like, um, hunt, it's uh, and then like growing up hunting, like, uh, I've like the more I've reflected on this, uh, as I've gotten older and stuff, um, it's pretty intense. Like, uh, you're making the decision to end another being's life, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, it, it forces you to develop, uh, like decision making skills, I feel like. Mm hmm because you're gonna do this but you want to do it really well Mm -hmm. you only get one chance Mm -hmm. usually and you have to make sure that that chance counts Mm -hmm. right so you spend a lot of time practicing shooting you spend a lot of time like learning how to like blend in Mm -hmm. and just be like a part of everything yeah um and like but that's like what i did growing up like a I turned a girl down to a dance. It was a Sadie Hawkins because it was opening day of squirrel season. (laughs) (laughs) Not even deer season. (laughs) Are you serious? The 15th? I'm going to be in the woods all day. I can't. I just can't. (laughs) And, um, there's just a, and like in high school and stuff, when it wasn't hunting season, I would, uh, I'd get home from school and I'd uh I'd play guitar for a while and I'd like go shoot my bow and I used to shoot competitively archery mm. um, and then at night I would uh take my fishing pole, a tackle box and a lantern with me and I would just fish on the Muskegon River from like sundown to like three, four in the morning. Yeah. Just in the woods at night. Nice. Just got a lantern. It's like, oh, you see a lot of cool things in the woods, man. And mm-hmm. like, um. It was uh, on the flip side, though. Or, um, I don't know if it's on the flip side, but uh, kind of made it like so- I can socialize with people pretty well. Like I know I can like go up to someone, and introduce myself, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like uh, just made me really not like to do that or something. I don't know. Yeah, that might not be the case. But <laughs> man, I like. As I got older, though, um, realizing that like growing up in that way, um, it was, it's just, it seems like a stark contrast to the way a lot of people have grown up, mm-hmm. in my generation at least. Yeah, There's definitely a lot of people like who have definitely. grown up that way, yes. you know, but the majority is, it doesn't really seem like that's the case. Um, so it kind of, um, I feel like that kind of influenced like the friends I would make. Mm-hmm. I'd always hang out with like, way older people.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Who kind of have that experience and can relate to that experience?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like uh I don't know. Uh Yeah, but I I loved growing up there and if I ever have kids, I would want to like do a similar style yeah, similar,
1: similar. And, and, and kind of raise them similarly, like ha- have them have those skills.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like um it it when you uh when you like Participate in activities like hunting or fishing. Um, it in, I feel like it instills confidence in in people because you're going to do something and it's really hard to be successful. Mm-hmm. But if you can be successful, it proves to yourself that I can do a hard thing mm-hmm. and persevere and make it happen. You know, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of times when we'd be hunting where you you would sit in the woods. For twelve hours, Nothing. sun up to sun down, yeah, wouldn't see anything, mm-hmm. and like it, forcing yourself to stay in a place even though it's cold, mm-hmm. you're uncomfortable, right? You're here to do something, and it could happen at any second,
1: or it could not happen at all. Yeah, you gotta and be comfortable with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, having grown up with like that as uh, like the reality of like life, mm-hmm. as I was perceiving it was. Uh, life's hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're not always gonna get it.
1: You're not always gonna hit your mark.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it forces you to deal with failure. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I feel like uh, one reason I feel like that might set me up, my that particular raising might set apart mm-hmm. um, from other upbringings and stuff, is because you hear a lot about like our generation being like, everyone's a winner. Mm-hmm. and all these things and it, mm-hmm. that could like really influence people and in, like their development and like how they view the world and stuff and mm-hmm. thinking that like something should happen mm-hmm. and then if it doesn't it just devastates them right? because <laughs> they're not used to that you know yeah. and like growing up hunting and fishing like you know I would, all right, yeah those nights I'd be fishing on the river uh, for like six hours <laughs> I would only catch a fish like two or three mm-hmm. in a week yeah <laughs> like, and just like Sometimes I'd hey. catch three in a night, and I'd yeah. be like, "Fucking eight, yeah, man. What a, man!" <laughs> I actually got a scar on my thumb, right here, from uh, one of those nights where I caught a fish. Uh-huh. And like, I'm like, "Heck yeah, I'm gonna keep fishing." And I'm like, yeah. "But it's like really late, so like, started a fire real quick and like just like cooked this fish up, mm-hmm. ate a fish I caught on the side of the river. It's like two in the morning or something. Yeah. Stars are out. It's just beautiful summer night." and then just keep fishing but like I ended up cutting my thumb like like oh, dressing up the fish and stuff uh uh-huh. well, I just had or, a pocket knife I oh, didn't gotcha, have gotcha. like <laughs> the actual you know and <laughs> it was just whatever but yeah I think growing up that way like instills, uh instills confidence in people mm-hmm. because uh, from a young age you're like forced you're, like dealing you with, with failure
1: yeah and knowing like it's a normal part of life it's it you just keep rolling. You mm-hmm. it teaches. It sounds like it teaches you perseverance.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, shit, we haven't talked that much about music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. The one thing that like brought us together. Uh, bro. yeah, right. <laughs> um, or that we haven't talked too much about how we met. So like, we met at um, Ferris State. Um, you were probably part of the boston brothers Mm -hmm. um and i kind of initially started hanging out with Devin and and knowing meredith and them and then i would come around and start freestyling during your sets and stuff like that yeah um after a while you guys were doing uh what's the place called we had like a um what's the place in big rapids the diner
0: crankers crankers yeah
1: there's that summer where doing crankers like all the time
0: yeah was, we were like the house fun. band there yeah it was sweet we would do the <laughs> we would do like a thursday night thing every week and then like yeah we definitely had the weekly night gig there that was a lot of fun what a time man yeah that was ripping a, it up in br <laughs> uh-huh. killing it uh-huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you have do you have a, a memory of do you or do you remember when you first met me like the f- very first time I don't remember the very first Yeah, time.
0: I can't remember it was probably at the the avocado. Mm-hmm. Down there or something. I remember when Devin started hanging out with you though, I was like, mm-hmm. Dang, that guy's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well um so you talked a little bit about kinda how you initially got into music, got into playing. You say it was Jim Cook. Yeah. Uh, how did that all happen? So what were those like initial like learning the guitar days like?
0: Yeah, uh, for me, I guess it started... At, my mom tells me that it happened before I remember where I was asking about, for a guitar. Mm-hmm. Like, ever since I was little, like, she was like, you're always asking for a guitar, and I'd give you these toy ones. And my first memory so of music... a real guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my first memory of music was... Uh, I was My grandmother lived down in Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I, we went down there to see her one time. I, was, I don't even remember how old I was. I was really young, though five six somewhere in there Mm -hmm. um and the only i remember a few things from that trip like little blips but the first the the strongest memory for me is uh staring at this guy playing a banjo made -hmm. out of a car wheel
1: oh nice
0: (laughs) and i was just like i just remember being so just mesmerized by like what is this thing yeah and um i think that's probably where i got like bit by that music bug Mm -hmm. first on and then, um, it was like my 10th or 11th birthday. My parents got me a Oscar Schmidt little youth model guitar mm-hmm. and they gave me lessons and, uh, it was at Quinn's music in the basement. So I'd show up there with my little guitar and like walk into the basement <laughs> and there's this guy, Nate Myers was my old teacher. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I like, I had like the guitar book and like I was playing like old lane, old sign or whatever that song is. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. But it's not it w- wasn't what I wanted to be playing. Right. And uh, so like, I would play it on and off once in a while, like mm. doing the exercises and stuff. Yeah. And uh, when uh, I needed a new guitar and I didn't have any money to buy my own, that was the other thing I had to do growing up was like, um, my parents bought me my first guitar, but they're like, anything after this, you're going to have to like... Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Like, I would work on farms all summer, mm-hmm. save up all my hay-throwing money, and <laughs> buy a guitar in the fall, and, like, do it again next summer, buy an amp. And in like, what
1: age are you first starting to do that, like, working to get money for guitars? Like, what age
0: is that? I was, like, 12. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was playing my cousin's guitar, and I would take this with me to deer camp, but it was set up so bad. The strings were so high, and it was mm-hmm. just awful to play. But I just wanted to play, and that was all I had. And, um... Jim Cook showed me how to play Ghost Riders in the Sky. Old cowboy went riding out one dark and windy day. Up on a ridge, he rested as he went along his way. Um, and the a, a simplified intro to this bluegrass song called uh, "Foggy Mountain Breakdown," mm-hmm. and it's like a banjo ripper of a song, but like you can do the melody line on the guitar if you flat pick it and stuff. and yeah. So I'd play those two songs just over and over until I had enough money to uh, buy my new acoustic guitar, which was a uh, Oscar Schmidt OG 2CE or something like that, mm-hmm. maybe. But And I played that forever. And then uh, when I graduated high school, um, I bought a Seagull, and this always irked me at the time. I had a girlfriend at the time, and like I bought this guitar, and she's like, "Do you really need another guitar?" And I'm like, well, she's my ex-girlfriend now." But. <laughs> yeah, was like yes, I do. That. <laughs> yeah, she did. It was it was weird, but but yeah, that's uh, I started playing really young, and then like in high school and stuff, uh, I'd play. Uh, I played a lot of metal. Metallica mm-hmm. was one of my favorite bands, and like when I first heard Metallica, like I was they had this song called fight fire with fire Mm -hmm. off their ride the lightning album i think it's track two or track one either way terrified me i (laughs) was like i listened to like the first 45 seconds of mm-hmm. it, and I was like, What the fuck?
1: Oh, just like the,
0: yeah, the just like, of it, like, yeah, it was, it was like, so intense, fuck. and it was just like, Is
1: it lyrically too kind of terrifying, or is it, are, are they talking about,
0: is oh, it, is it like
1: a creepy theme to it?
0: Well, it's or? just, to, uh, I think the arching theme of the song is like talking about like nuclear warfare, and like,
1: oh, okay, so yeah, it's just like, Oh, shit. yeah, <laughs> it's so
0: intense, <laughs> and then, um, eventually, like, Le- like uh, grew to understand like that kind of music and like still influences me a lot today like on my album mercy kill mm-hmm. that's like a pretty ripping like, mm-hmm. yeah go
1: ahead
0: what you waiting for to go ahead
1: that it's that kind of that heavy yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. it's pretty fun stuff
1: i wanted to talk about that too your new album so um what was the process like recording for that like was it is this many years of stuff brought together is this like a short time period like
0: yeah um so when i recorded it i was when i was picking the songs the oldest song that i have that's on there is i can't wait i can't wait longer so it's best I hit the road Mm -hmm. I used to play it with the Balsam Brothers and we recorded it and stuff (laughs) that's an old Austin tune but um, all of the rest of the songs um, have been written within the last few years Mercy Kills uh, like a year and a half old and then after Slewfoot is like a few years old like I Mm -hmm. like a lot of the songs that are on here uh, came from seeds of songs that like I just had I would just like mm-hmm. play them a lot and yeah. I'd never really developed them. I'm like but when it's I'm just
1: like uh, I got a good thing here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I think the most recent song though was um, Straight Down the Middle. Mm-hmm. It's uh, track four, I think. Yeah. And I wrote that like a month and a half before I went in the studio, so that song's oh, barely nice. like. Yeah.
1: yeah, just like all right, whoop, you almost didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was weird because like I'm like, oh, I just wrote this, and mm-hmm. like, I don't know, maybe it'll be on there, and then yeah. I'm really glad yeah. it is because, man, that's a, yeah, the, I couldn't be more happy with how it turned out overall, like the finished product and everything of the album. Mm-hmm. But um, the way I did it was, um, I had two different bands because one of the, there was eight songs total, and I did four songs with each of them. Mm-hmm and the reason behind that was uh four of the songs were like really pretty straight ahead country Mm -hmm. um and the bass player and drummer for that band luke lenhart and andrew zamowski both had like a similar uh uh amount of time spent listening to country music as i do Mm -hmm. so like it, for me it started really little Like one of my first CDs was like Jimmy Rogers And like Ram the Osborne Bob Brothers who used Like these to country cats From like and the 20s he 30s and 30s <laughs> so like, guy in town But I found out last Monday That Bob got locked up Sunday They've got him in the jailhouse way downtown He's in the jailhouse now He's in the jailhouse now. I told him once or twice to quit playing cards and shooting dice. He's in the jailhouse now. Starting there and listening all like through Buck Owens, George Jones, like the outlaw years with like Merle Haggard and uh, Will Jennings, Johnny Paycheck, Johnny Cash, Will Jennings, mean? Willie, like all the know big that. names. Yeah, yeah, That's cool. um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And like Luke and Andy have like a same deep understanding of like country music, so like having them on the country stuff was a no brainer. Mm -hmm. And it, I feel like it really freaking hits because man, they brought that that Uh knowledge. Yeah, (laughs) and like that feel. There's like a there's a country pocket, Mm -hmm. and it's it's a it's a deep pocket, but it's just a different one. You know, it's like when we're playing with like Devin and Mitch and all them. There's definitely, like, that real funk pocket. Yeah, like, and, okay, we Uh huh. There's a country pocket that's a l- It's similar to funk, mm-hmm. man, because it's, like, a drive-in, just, like, a drive-in beat. at least for some of that, like, outlaw stuff. Yeah. Anyway, the... Um, so, like, the four songs that were country, uh, and I had, like, the Bens and Graves Collective on all those, so, like, Hannah Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does a lot of the harmonies throughout the album, and Jerry, uh, Jeremiah Wenger my buddy jerry he does uh all the other guitar work mm-hmm. um but the other four songs that are kind of like more um uh, rock and roll i guess you can put okay. it yeah like yeah. uh so it'd be like mercy kill curtain call steady your nerves and then slew mm-hmm. which is the instrumental one and uh but those rocking ones uh i had joseph fillion from the yeah. turnips and uv hippo mm-hmm. on drums and then uh, zach potter on bass oh yeah and like those two are like one person yeah, <laughs> like, they're locked in. so like, it's bizarre <laughs> there's a on the song curtain call um after the guitar solo it like fades out and there's like a solid eight seconds of just Joe and Zach, mm-hmm. but it sounds like it could be one thing. They're oh, just like, man. It's there. It, they're in there. oh, it's so cool. <laughs> These rooms will be the only story you ever tell. The and like, that, man, I'm just so blown away oh, by like shit. the people who are like the talented people that I knew right. who were willing to like lend their time and their gift to like this thing I was making. Yeah. yeah. And that that's uh it's just uh humbling and uh you know, just really grateful for like that to be the case, you know. Right. And uh
1: testament to your skill. They're like, "Oh, yeah, i want to <laughs> <this."> <laughs> Right? Uh? It's like that. But uh
0: yeah, it's cool. Um and then uh some of the other like layers and so, so like i live tracked all of it mm-hmm. so when you hear it like the foundational cores of the song like the drums the bass uh the guitars everything was all live tracked mm-hmm. and then like we went back through and like sprinkled stuff on top like i i put in some acoustic guitar and then like um joe heading a did all the keys stuff Mm -hmm. so like we laid down the foundations and i sent them to people and then they would send me back like what they would like play over you know yeah and even with all of the i think having tracked it live lends itself to feeling like more natural Mm -hmm. when you layer stuff on top because like the heartbeat of the song is like a lot Yeah, yeah totally um and with uh when okay. i was working there's a few times like once everything was tracked and i had all the pieces when it came to like the mixing mm-hmm. that's always a really fun part and like i was just on local spins the other day and i was saying that i was like i'm definitely more of like a live performer like okay. that's what i'd rather do mm-hmm. um but there's still so much fun you can have in the studio doing stuff like uh i remember in mercy kill when ian and i made the decision for like there's like this reverse snare mm-hmm. and then it just goes yes <laughs> and then we, like, we clipped what the drums did a little bit. Mm-hmm. We didn't take, we didn't add anything. We just took away some, like, hi-hat hits mm-hmm. that were there to count the band back in because mm-hmm. it was live take, right? But um, so we take out those hi-hat hits, and it's just like.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> man. It's like,
0: it, it feels like uh, sending a car off a ramp. It's like. Bow. <laughs> 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 da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah, but um, taking flight. But my favorite thing about Mercy Kill was the guitar solo. So like, I like retract some of the guitar solos, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah. like you're in the studio but and you get, can like,
1: hey, I can, I can, I can mm-hmm. get
0: it right where I want. Yeah, it, exactly. Mm-hmm. But for Mercy Kill, that was the solo that we did live. Nice, and oh, I, like. Yeah yeah dude that that whole take just really i'm just really proud of that because like that's a such an accurate capture Mm -hmm. of a moment in time yeah and uh yeah it was really cool
1: that's sweet i definitely have a a moment like that on on a song that i was doing and like just like that moment like there's even some parts that's a, a little not perfect but i'm like the moment is captured so well i'm like i'm not fucking with it like it's
0: Mm-hmm. no that's it yeah totally yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah. the vibe of the take is more important than the yeah. uh technical uh mm-hmm. correctness you know right yeah, yeah yeah
1: i I believe in that fully mm-hmm. <laughs> totally well shit we've been uh going for a while we haven't done a freestyle jam yet but i do have i, I'm, I think i'm gonna do one more question mm-hmm. and then we'll get into that close it with that for sure um i'm not that well versed in country music at all so i want to know who are your five top five country artists um and you can even give a little spiel about why mm-hmm. um but yeah so I, i'm gonna look into these folks
0: totally for sure so um it's pretty honky-tonky you know so like the top <laughs> so uh my first really big favorite country artist was uh dwight yokum mm-hmm. and uh he didn't really, he wasn't like super popular in country circles. Like he's definitely popular like among people who have listened to country, you know, but like, mm-hmm. and he had some like success, but he wasn't like one of those long-standing country figures like George Strait or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would say it was because he was so country, he was rock and roll. <laughs> so like his band was just so tight and his, his live thing, like if you were to go to a Dwight Yoakam show back in the day, there's usually more punks there. Oh yeah, because like he was just he was just doing a cool thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and there's a CD of his that was really uh, f- foundational for me, and it's just him and his acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and he's doing all of his songs, but it's just him on the acoustic. Yeah, and it's like they're not like technical songs, mm-hmm. it's like classic cowboy chords, but it's just some of the the melodies he does yeah. and stuff is just. Resonated with me so much. So mm-hmm. Dwight Yoakam, and his live band stuff is super cool. Like, he's badass. Hell yeah. Um, and then uh, Buck Owens uh, was really big for me for a long time, too. And he, was, he came out of Bakersfield, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Beatles actually covered one of his songs. Um, so the song is um, Act Naturally. Uh-huh. And uh, I think it's on one of the Beatles albums but like even the Beatles were like tuned into Buck Owens and stuff. Cause like yeah. his songwriting was really like there and his, he always had like killer vocals and guitar mm-hmm. lines and stuff. And it was.
1: Well, I hope you come to see me in the movie. But then I know that you will play the see. The biggest fools ever hit the big time. And all I got to do is act naturally.
0: Dwight Yoakam is actually uh what is that? A successor of the quote unquote Bakersfield sound. Oh okay. So like Dwight Yoakum did a, was very heavily influenced by Buck Owens.
1: Did it like actually like work together like mm-hmm. like hands on influenced?
0: Um I think that too but just like to what would listen to a lot of buck owens growing up mm-hmm. you know yeah and like kind of fell into that vein so the bake i'm I'm a big fan of the bakersfield sound i just like all the sounds yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um the uh some other country guys that were like really big for me this one's kind of funny because he's got some silly songs but uh aaron tippen mm-hmm. my dad had a lot of aaron tippen cds and uh Like, there's just something about some of those songs that just get me. Some of them are really silly. One of them is called uh, uh, Country Boy's Toolbox. Yeah. And the chorus is like, um, you just don't fool... Oh, no. You just don't fool with a country boy's (laughs) Toolbox! (laughs) It's, like, like, kind of ridiculous, but, like, it rocks. It's pretty rocking. But, like, sometimes... (laughs) Someone told me once there's no such thing as too cheesy in country music. Yeah. Like, some of the songs are pretty cheesy. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so there's three. Um, I'm just going to classify this as, like, one artist, but, like, all of the guys who are uh, considered, like, the outlaw country Mm -hmm. that came out of, like, uh, like Tennessee and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. like, uh, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, um, Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson, and who's the fifth one? Someone's probably going to kick me for it. Mm-hmm. But um, I listen to so much. Like, my dad had a bunch of Johnny Cash CDs and Waylon Jennings CDs, and, like, definitely listen to them a ton. And um, in the recent years, uh, like, Sturgill Simpson and Tyler Childers. And honestly, those I two... I
1: think you, said, you showed me some Tyler uh, Yeah, yeah. Stuff,
0: yeah. And uh, they uh, honestly kind of... Like, when they got when I started to find out about them, mm-hmm. it kind of gave me uh, uh, the impetus to, like, kind of do what I'm, I'm doing now. Yeah, because, yeah, like, um, I'm definitely doing something similar to them, I think. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think I has like, my own...
1: Your take on it. Like, yeah, influence mm-hmm. is meshed up.
0: Yeah, totally. To and, like, the fact that, like, um, there can be some guys doing what I would consider, like, a, a genuine expression of country music. Because mm-hmm. there's, a, like, with everything, like, whatever genre of music, there can become that money formula to it where, like, right. there's a sound that gets really popular and you can make money.
1: You can fall in line into that.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think this is kind of, like, lent- is my taste towards music in general, but, like, anything that's a genuine expression,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like i'll I'll dig yeah same yeah and like there's a lot of stuff from sturgill and tyler childers that like really influenced me and like made me feel like i could do what i was gonna try and do mm-hmm. because they were being genuine and people were digging it yeah and so it,
1: like, okay i can do it on on a certain level mm-hmm. while being genuine because sometimes you can get a feeling like ah, oh, maybe what i'm doing isn't wanted
0: anymore you mm-hmm. know what i mean totally so to
1: have those examples of artists who are like okay yeah,
0: yeah absolutely so but yeah the world of country music is so its a lot of stuff in there good and bad okay. well <laughs> but shit. if you stick to those like and five guys it's i'm sure to, uh,
1: get in there and dive into that world because yeah i have zero knowledge mm-hmm. well shoot this has been great we're gonna rock out with a song real quick I'll, totally. probably freestyle you can do your Freestyle yeah, guitar
0: and, let's do that. Uh, let's For
1: sure. Also, I played I played this shit, so it could be him. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <man>. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're rocking with a right, baby. We can do it all night, baby I got the flow, it's so tight, baby And you know it's to the right, baby Yeah, the groove a little bit slow with it So we gotta take control with it All day, got the soul with it Hold up, you know I go with it Go with it, never going off I might spit it, might throw it off Throw it off, then I throw it on it's Agent Right, yeah, I'm on a song. Been doing this all day long. It's it right, I had to rock it strong. I'm coming through like King Kong. Yeah. Uh, And I'm still on it. Never left off it. Never coming through. Put them in a the coffin. If they're dead, then they won't be risen. Say right, dawg, I do it for the children. I do it for the mothers and the uncles. I do it for the I do it for everybody man (laughs) I do it like a karate stand I don't even know what that mean though You know I had to do my thing though You know I hit them with the swing though And then we might swing low sweet chariot you know i carry it you know i come through i had to bury it you know i say it right and ain't no predicate i don't know what that means, but yeah i say the things and yeah i do the things and then i rap it hard you know I say them right i do it with the squad the squad the us a we going hard I got Austin, we flossin', We comin' through Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we might hit the Boston. Hold up, dog, we might get lost in the forest, cause we probably took some shit that got us going crazy. Hey, right, dog, you I'm know, born in the 80s. 88, out the gate, hold up, that's the fate. Hold up, might skate, might skate down the street. Don't bring the heat hold up bring it back you might want to hit repeat please don't delete it cause you know i'm straight speeding like a fucking speed demon and you know i'm steady cheesing you know i'm steady leaning and i'm leaning out the side and you know i'm coming through agent right up in the ride and you know i never hide might collide with the wall might come through too raw Mr. shit you ever saw agent right you know i'm a motherfucking
0: dog oh yeah <laughs>